Hello and welcome again to our podcast Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is now episode 16. I'm Russell and this is my daughter Rebecca. Hi Dad. Hi, how are you? I'm all right. I'm glad this week is now over. Okay. Let's just put it that way. Okay, well you've got through those two weeks. I have. Which was the better week? Last week. I definitely preferred last week over this week. Uh, so this isn't going to be a good podcast then? No. Okay. This is going to be a downer. <laughs> yeah. So bear with me. Right. So let's talk some music then, or heavy metal music. So last week you got Motorhead. Yes. Saxon. Alice Cooper, Mm -hmm. Anthrax, Metallica, and The Motley Crue, or Motley Crue. So did you have a favourite song from all of those? Yes. Okay. I managed. It was a close. I nearly did it. I managed for five of them, easily picked one. But there was one that was so hard, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be another week where I've not been able to pick a favourite. But... I found one. Okay. Do you want to go through them then? Yes. So we've got Motorhead with Ace of Spades. Saxon with 747 Strangers in the Night. Alice Cooper with Poison. Anthrax with Got the Time. Metallica, Nothing Else Matters. And Motley Crue, You're All I Need. Okay. Any number ones that you think you may have listened to? So I think, I'm not sure on specific songs, but I went for three. And I think they come from Alice Cooper and Metallica, but I've not narrowed it down to any specific songs. So I feel like they were giving me vibes. They probably had some sort of number one, maybe. Okay. You had one number one. Okay. However, not from the 1980s. Okay. I feel like I might know what song that is. Okay. Only because I think one of the songs that I listened to was a 1970s song. All right. What one do you Well, re- I watched a video and it was like a live performance. Uh, like some, like sometimes I end up watching Toppy Pops because they haven't got an official video. And I feel it's quite good to see those types of videos as well. And it sometimes shows the year. Uh-huh. And Schools Out by Alice Cooper was 1970-something. Yes. If I was to go specifics, that was one that I was going to say it would be a number one. So unless you give me any number ones, uh, any other 70s songs from any others, that I know is like a 70s song. No. Yeah. So you're right. I might as well tell you. So <laughs> yes, Schools Out, number one, 1972. Ah, so an early 70s. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, but I just gave you it to listen to because of to show you how they evolved to what I mean. There's a story behind Alice Cooper, so that's why I gave it. But we'll we'll go into that when we come to it anyway, without spoiling anything early. I'm not surprised it was that one though, Uh because that's the one that I knew straight away as well. And as I've been constantly saying throughout these weeks of rock, I played it on Guitar Hero. Uh-huh. Which is how I know it, but that that might. Be well, so when you think 1972, how that stood the test of time? Yeah, you know, because I'm sure it's played in like um, 
don't quote me on it, but I feel like that like there's a film of Recess. Do you remember Recess when I was younger? The animated TV yeah, program. Yes, yeah. yeah. They had a film called Schools Out, and I'm pretty sure that played at some point during it, but I'm not sure. All oh, right. Okay. So it's definitely stood. Right. Let's start then. So moving on to Motorhead. Yes. So I recognise my, so the favourite song that I picked of these was Ace of Spades and I recognised it, but I don't know where. It could be Guitar Hero again because that might be the only way that I've ever listened to rock music. I don't know, but I recognise that. Um, They weren't as heavy as I was expecting them to be. They kind of had a nice tone to them, not in your face heavy, although as I went through them, they did get heavier, like they got more instrumental and louder and they started shouting instead of trying to sing kind of thing. And there was quite a few songs. And as much as I say they weren't as heavy, I could still have turned them off. I was like, I can't, this is it, this is my week. And it just set the tone for the week, I think. But yeah, like there's not much to say about many of these this week. Yeah, like these weren't the worst, but they weren't the best. And when I watch videos, um, you know, they're just classic rock stars, aren't they? And to be honest, they all look the same. Like they literally, I think they could be brothers, but I don't know. But they do, you know, I do do always say this, they do have talent. Like, you know, they can play their instruments Uh and everything. And they obviously have got that talent, but yeah, it just got louder as it went on from the first song, which was Ace of Spades. Sure. So where are you saying they're from? Oh, so I nearly wrote down that they're not English and I didn't, but I don't think they're English. But what also gives me that vibe is because they've got a little like accent on one of the O's as well. And it's like English don't have accents in their written words. Um, Uh So I don't know. I want to say German. Okay. So Motorhead are... And this is the first group I've come across, I think, that they all have their little nickname. Oh. So as I go through the lineup, they'll tell you their nickname, like their middle name, but that's their nickname. Ah, right. Because so we've, we've e- had a few with nicknames. Yeah, but this is, yeah. So mm. their lineup is Ian Lemmy Kilminster. Okay. And he's the vocalist and also plays bass and is the principal songwriter. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Phil filthy animal taylor he's on the drums okay whether he's named after the animal on the muppets who played drums oh yeah and, yeah and then filthy is phil yeah um fast eddie clark on guitar he's got he was in fingers. the group until 1982 right and then brian robbo robertson he was on guitar between 82, 83. Oh, okay. So not long. And then Michael Wurzel Burston was on guitar from 1984 to 1995. Oh, my God. And then Phil Wizzo Campbell was also on guitar from 1984 to 2015. Oh, and then Pete Gill was on drums from 
1984 to 1987. So obviously Phil, Filthy Animal Taylor left, I guess, in 1984 mm. and was replaced by Pete Gill. Okay. Now, remember that name, Pete Gill. Right. Because we will talk about him with another group. Oh, so he's come from another group then. Yeah. Okay, I'll find out who. So they were formed in 1975. Okay. In London. No, they're not. I just went by... I mean, obviously it's hard. When people sing, everyone kind of seems to have the same accent, unless you've got that southern English accent where we say grass instead of grass, and that can come out in songs. So it's hard for me to tell where they come from. So I literally only went off that they've got an accent. Mm -hmm. So they just decided let's be different and have an accent. Okay, then. Yeah. And they were formed by Lemmy, who I've already spoken about, mm -hmm. Larry Wallace on guitar and Lucas Fox on drums. However, Larry left in 1976 oh. and Lucas left in 1975. So hence... They weren't in the lineup I've given yeah. you because obviously we're just talking 80s, but they were. So from the founders, only Lemmy still survived in the 80s. Wow. The other two had left. So yeah, people leave quite frequently then. Yeah. Well, they were disbanded in 2015 following founder Lemmy's death from prostate cancer four days after his 70th birthday. Oh. Various rock stars left tributes, including Ozzy Osbourne, Alice Cooper, Dave Grohl, Metallica, Anthrax, and Black Sabbath. So he was highly thought of in amongst that genre of people, yeah. as in what you know, the, the heavy metal stroke rock. Yeah. But well, I mean, if he was still going and didn't stop until he died, and that's at 70 years old, they've been doing it for a good while. Yeah, he was the only member to go from, he was literally, he was Motorhead. Yeah. So he was the founder, and then when he died, it disbanded. He was the only one with them from day one to Start to finish. finish, yes. Mm. And actually, by 2018, the three members of Motorhead's classic lineup, so from the 80s, when they had their hits, had all died. So Lemmy, as I've already said, and then Phil Filthy Animal Taylor, who was the drummer, and Fast Eddie Clark, who was the uh, guitarist. Taylor died in 2015. Uh, he died at 61 from liver failure. And then Clark died in 2018 at the age of 67 from pneumonia. Wow. So, yeah. But they went through the ages, didn't they, then? Yeah. They're like all 60s. Yeah. By the time well, Lemmy died... I don't know if he died before Taylor. They both died in the same year. When you think Taylor was, when he died, he was 61. When Lemmy died in the same year, he was 70. Yeah. And then Clark died in 2018, which is another three years later. And he was still only 67. So, yeah, Lemmy obviously was the... Uh, Oldest and the, the main... Yeah. Yeah. So been with them the longest. And then I suppose the group got younger as he brought more musicians in. Keeping it current, I guess. Yeah. So they're classified as heavy metal. However, Lemmy always insisted that they were a rock and roll band, as had more in common with punk bands, which obviously were from the 70s, early 80s. But that's 
what he's i mean they've always been down as a heavy metal band but he insisted they were more rock and roll and had more in common with punk bands mm. i guess at the end of the day the genre that you get put in is kind of how people portray you yeah yeah so as much as he's like the music that i'm trying to give out is this and this is how i see this type of music yeah. the listeners are like no you don't fit into that category you're not that the same but then like i said like my first thought was they're not that heavy they're quite catchy mm. so maybe that's got that but as it went on they got heavier so it does depend doesn't it yeah maybe what song you listen to yeah and i was gonna say if you think back to last week with rbo speedwagon when he he done a song come in and played it and the others looked at mm. him and said that's not a speedwagon song and he go and then he obviously turned around and said because I wrote it and we make it a speedway. So I yeah. suppose again, it's it's your songs don't necessarily determine what your band is, or you, you know, sometimes it's your look. Yeah, yeah. It's not all your song. It might be this amount of songs are that heavy metal, and then you change your thing, but you're still yeah. classed as as a heavy metal band. That's what I mean when I say it depends what song you listen to, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, their breakthrough actually happened on top of the pops. In 1979, uh, when they played Overkill. Okay. So it's unusual to have a heavy metal, even a rock band, you know, on top of the pops, to be honest. But then obviously we're coming out. I mean, I suppose I'm just thinking of when I watched it in the 80s. Yeah. Whereas I suppose in the 70s, it was a bit different because it was rock and roll. Yeah, you were coming out of disco and and what have you. So, but they got their breakthrough on top of the pops in 1979. So Overkill, they played, and then that obviously got them into the focus of the public. And obviously those that like that sort of music then clung on to them, I, I suppose, you know, is one way of putting it. They have won some awards. So Lemmy was named Living Legend in 2005 in the Classic Rock and Roll Honour Awards. Oh, there you go. And Motorhead were nominated for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2020, that was the same year that we said Judas Priest was up for nomination. Um, however, they both, as I've already said, when we done Judas Priest, they lost out to Depeche Mode. Mm-hmm. But him being um, one the living legends, that just shows why so many people, when he died, had tributes to him because he'd obviously done done a lot and was well known. Mm. And if you remember when I when I said about Top of the Pops, and you only got invited on there if you got into the top 40. Yeah, yeah. Well, they obviously had a... So even though it was their breakthrough by getting on there, they were quite lucky to get on there because Overkill actually peaked at 39. No. So they only just got on there and then that obviously booted their career up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not really going to complain, are you? No. Okay, then. So their um, songs that you had. So you had... Bomber, that was from 1917. Did I give you Bomber? No, you didn't. No, sorry, no, I was going to say because that's not something. No. Uh, so I did, oh yeah, it's a Golden Years EP. No, yeah, you did give me Bomber. It's because it's oh, further down. You were, because oh. you're going in order, but when you sent them to me, you gave me like an EP and I couldn't find it. So then we had to break it down. I didn't know where they were going in the order. So I just put them at the bottom. So yeah, you did give me Bomber, but obviously it's not at the top where it usually would be. Right, yeah. So I've not listened to it in chronological order, if you know what I mean. Fine. So they had an EP first mm. in 1980, which got to number eight. And on there was Please Don't Touch. 
Yes. And Bomber, I do believe. No, no. Go, no, sorry. Golden Years had Leaving Here. Right. Okay. So, yeah, sorry. Golden Years was Leaving Here. Yep. So that got to number eight. And then you had what you said, Ace of Spades. Yep. That was 1980. That got to number 13. Oh, that's not bad. So it didn't quite get to the top 10. Then you had another EP with St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. And that had Please Don't Touch. Yes. And I've written down Bomber, but I think that was separate. Okay. Well, I listened to Bomber. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure if that was on that EP because it might have been and they might have re-released it. Yeah, yeah. I'm with but you. Bomber on here is 79, but without searching for the EP again, I don't know what was on there, but definitely Please Don't Touch was what I've got listed as for you to listen to from it. Then you had Motorhead, which was a live version. So they obviously named a, a, a single after themselves sort of thing. And that got to number six. That was also in 1981. Mm-hmm. Then you had Iron Fist in 1982. That got to number 29. Okay. I thought there was another EP I gave you, no? No, that was it. So that, yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah, the other EP was for the other group. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah, that was it. I was just getting confused because there was two EPs in there and I had the songs written down separately because of obviously I didn't come across them when I first gave them to you and then I had to resend yeah. you after searching for the EP for the song. So, yeah, so that that is it. So, the, so their, their biggest hit really was an EP, two EPs really. So Golden Years got to number eight. Yeah. And then St. Valentine's Day Massacre was their biggest hit at number five. Uh, so they, they didn't do too bad. Like they got two no. top ten. And but then the song you chose, I'd say, is the one they're they're, they're known for, which is yeah. Ace of Spades. Like I recognise that one, but like I said, I don't know why. Yeah. It's probably from Guitar Hero. Who knows? But yeah, I recognise that one. So that's obviously going to be. If I recognise it, it's usually their bigger hit. But yeah. well, not bigger hit, but more well known song. No. So yeah, so three three top ten hits because with the Motorhead live as well. Yeah, yeah. So, well, so, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. I mean, they did all of their hits are in the top thirty. They they had quite a few on here actually that weren't though that obviously you wouldn't have had. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, nineteen eighty four, killed by death, got to number fifty one. Uh, uh, nineteen eighty six, death forever, sixty seven. Okay, so. so they had quite a, they had, and there's more. So um, yeah, they 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 didn't necessarily all get into the top forty. No. How many um, albums did they have? So they, they, had, last, they obviously lasted throughout the yeah, whole 80s. So they had five albums in the 80s. Okay. And they had 22 in total. Oh, wow. They got them out, didn't they? Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, they weren't the worst to listen to, uh-huh. but they weren't the best start to the week, let's put it that way. Okay. We'll move on then to Saxon. Yeah. What did you make of them? So these got heavier compared to, like obviously I, de- I then compared them to Motorhead. Yeah. Their instrumentals were, well, for their first couple of songs, you know, I was like, they're catchy, repetitive. It weren't like in my face, but their vocals are really quiet. That makes the instrumentals seem like they're really loud. 
if that makes sense. Like, it, I don't know what it is. It's just, yeah. it's like they're really far away from the mic or something. Um, their vocals are just really quiet. And I'm like, what? And they're like, I want to turn it up. But then all I can hear is the instrumentals. And it's just a back and two of I don't really know what you're singing. But some of the songs did have me tapping along. And I find that a bit with rock. Like, rock does get me tapping because of the instrumentals. Like, you know, you find yourself going along with it. But then they're not sing-along so that takes it away from me they did seem a bit more commercialized in some of their songs I want to say like the first three that I listened to like Wheels of Steel and my favorite 747 and maybe and the bands played on uh-huh. they seem like more commercialized like less heavy so if I was to tell you then so from a commercial point of view mm-hmm. Um, so you think of the charts. Yeah. Motorhead had three top ten singles. Yeah. Saxon had none. Ah. Whereas these sounded, they sound more commercialised than Motorhead. Yeah. The best they done was four top 20. I mean, that's not too bad, but yeah, it's not like top ten. It's not really commercialised. But I don't know, they just, that, there was something about them that, just gave me a bit less of a rocky vibe, like heavy in your face rock, I mean. Sure. But there's a, I can't remember what song it was. I think it was Power and the Glory. There's like this a screechy guitar. I can't explain it. It's like just a, a little like wang on a guitar kind of thing every now and then. And I was just like, can you stop? Like, you know how I don't like guitar solos? It was like that. It was like uh-huh. in little fractions throughout the song. It was just annoying. But no, yeah, they weren't that bad. Again, they're classic rock stars. Uh, ah, I watched the video for Power and the Glory. Was Ghostbusters an 80s film? It was. Yeah, Power and the Glory, they're like dressed up as Ghostbusters. Oh, right. Huh. Going through like yeah. some sort of castle. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's interesting to watch. Don't really like the song, but <laughs> it was all right. So, yeah. But it, it, I was just like, I don't really get what it's about, though. Like, I don't get how it linked or whatever, but I guess... Whether it was it a, on the soundtrack for the film, I don't know. I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know. But, I don't know. Um, I don't know why. Unless they were just cashing in on the, um, on the film at the maybe, time. Maybe, but it weren't like proper Ghostbuster outfits, so I don't, I don't think it could have been on the soundtrack, but yeah. you could tell they were kind of mimicking that sort of play. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't mind watching this with the volume down. Vienna, they're all right. Okay. Where do you think they were from? Oh, God. Well, I thought Blim and Moe's head were German. Let's... Oh, I don't want to say English. These can't be English. English don't like rock that much. Let's go with American for these. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they could be, like, foreign, foreign. Nah. Okay. Saxon then were Biff Byford on vocals... Paul Quinn on guitar, Graham Oliver also on guitar, Steve Dawson on bass, and he was with them from 1977 to 1980. Right. And then he was replaced by, sorry, not 1980, 1986. Pete Gill on drums. Okay, so there he 
1981. That's for definite because he was replaced by a Nigel Glocker on drums in 1981, but he didn't join Motorhead until 1984. They were formed in 1977 in Barnsley. Well, as soon as you said Pete Gill, so I was sat in, I was like in my head, I'm like, okay, Pete Gill, let's listen out for him. And then as soon as you said his name, I'm like, oh, well, they're English. <laughs> Because no head alumni. He could have, he could have joined an American band, couldn't he? Well, yeah, that's true. But he didn't. Yeah, it is hard to tell where they come from when they're singing. To be fair, like unless you know them. Yeah, yeah, and I and I, and I think you're right. Most, as we found out last week, and obviously with the if you remember the record sales that we were talking mm. about last week in the tens of millions. Yeah. Um, was because of the American audience. They were mainly American groups. Yeah. Um, although Meatloaf obviously did okay for himself. Yeah. But yeah, so you've now had two in a row of of English heavy metal rock groups. So um, Saxon are cited as influencing notable bands, including the Motley Crue, who okay. we'll be talking about later. Metallica. Oh, who we'll be talking about later. Megadeth, Slayer and Anthrax. Who we'll be talking about later. So, obviously, because they formed in 1977, and as I say, I mean, they were obviously still, even though, as I said, they weren't as, as far as the charts go, they weren't as commercialised as Motorhead, mm. they obviously were at the forefront of heavy metal. Yeah. I think, though, with heavy metal, if they're not as commercialised, they inspire more people. Yeah. Because, they like, not everyone wants to be commercialised, do they? No, and that, that's what I keep saying about the 80s. There was a, you had some that just wanted the one hit mm. to pay their pension and what have you, get that one big hit. And then you had the others that even refused to go on top of the pops. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was very split like that in, in the uh, 1980s. Mm. You was either on an independent record label and on the indie charts and things like that, or you went full-blown with one of the big record labels and become really commercialised. Yeah. The big budget videos on MTV and you know that that sort whereas if you didn't have big budgets you went on MTV just as a probably a video from your tour when you were playing live yeah there was some in-house fighting so um there was a fight over the use of the name as both Dawson and Oliver joined up oh in 1999 and they actually registered Saxon as a trademark to prevent Byford and his promoters and merchandisers from using the name, even though it was Byford that was like the main creator or got them for, you know, got them together. Was he still in the band when they did that? Yeah, yeah. So it was still going, although I don't know who was in it because obviously you didn't look at that. Oliver was one of no, I don't know when Oliver left. I mean, we've, we've already said Dawson left in '86 mm. and was replaced by Paul Johnson, but I'm not sure when Graham Oliver left. I'm guessing it was over around this, it might well have been around this time. Right. However, in 2003, so bear in mind that happened in 1999. So the infighting was going on from 1999 until 2003, when the High Court declared that it was Byford and the current members who owned the name Saxon, as felt that Dawson and Oliver had obtained the name in bad faith. Oh, and now Oliver and Dawson tour as Oliver Dawson Saxon. Oh. 
So, yeah, Byford got to keep the name. Oh, too right. With his current band, which obviously I haven't wrote about because that was obviously you're going into the 90s or late 90s, 2000. Yeah. So I would say, obviously, as I say, Dawson had already left. We know that. And I'd say that Oliver, Graham Oliver, left, obviously, sometime in the 90s. And then they both got together and wanted to continue touring as Saxon. But they weren't in Saxon. They left no, Saxon. Left. So then they were yeah. like, do you know what? We're just become Saxon. That's not going to yeah. work. So it's a, it a bit like with UB40. The two brothers yeah. both had their parted and they both wanted to be known as UB40. But then that makes more sense because they've parted and the whole band doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And then they both fought for it, whereas they've left and the band is still existing with other members and they're like, no, I want to be Saxon. It's like, but you chose to leave. Yeah. Which is obviously, as I say, the judge said that he felt that Dawson and Oliver had obtained the name in bad faith. So he went with uh, the Byford camp and Saxon. Well, at least he's got a brain. So they had eight albums in the 80s and 23 albums in total. Wow. But they didn't have that many songs in the... Well, I guess it's not all about charting and whatnot, is it? But they didn't have many songs that were hits. So they had four top 20 singles. Okay. Which one did you like best of theirs? 747 Strangers in the Night. Okay, so in 1980, Wheels of Steel got to number 20. Okay. In 1980, 747 Strangers in the Night got to number 13. Oh, can I say something really weird? Yeah. Both my favourite songs for Motorhead and Saxon have both got to number 13. Mm -hmm. Unlucky for some. It is. In 1981... And the bands played on, got to number 12. Oh. That's their, that's their biggest hit. Well, that's not too bad, I guess, but it's not top 10. In 1981, Never Surrender, that got to number 18. Okay. So Power and the Glory. 1983, Power and the Glory, number 32. That was my least favourite song, to be fair. And then, really, they'd not even got into the top 40 after that. Well, obviously not, but not, I mean, even top 50. Obviously not top 40. You'd have listened to it. Oh, so they are um, way out. So, yeah, I mean, 1986, Rock and Roll Gypsy only got to number 72. Uh, 1985, Back on the Streets, it's got to number 75. And then you're going into number 80, even a number 91. But then I think when you get into the mid 80s, because it seems that all of the or most of these rock bands, unless you've done really well, like Iron Maiden or Meatloaf, they don't go all the way through the 80s. Because I think come mid 80s, that's when you started getting and that was like the music that you more enjoyed. And there was more competition, I guess. There was that different type of music coming in with your electronic, electropop, whatever it was. Synth pop. Yeah. And then going into the 90s, I don't think rock was really, I think it started dying out. And now you don't ever hear rock in the chart. Yeah, it become more rap and garage music and house music, late yeah. 80s, early 90s. And then you had the uh, what they called the Manchester scene with all the Manchester groups, which obviously Oasis was part. Yeah, yeah. And Happy Mondays and all that sort of um yeah, so I think it's just how it changes. But obviously, people still carry on. You just have your hardcore fans. So it's like, you don't hear about these again 
because you listen to the charts, you're not going to hear about them. But then they're hardcore fans. Like you think Motorhead didn't get any hits. I mean, we don't know what happened in 1990s and whatnot because we're only looking at 80s. But from my point of view, I can't have seen them having top 40 hits after not having any more after the early 80s. And then it would have just been their hardcore fans listening to them and they carrying on that way because they love making the music. Like they don't want to be commercialised. So I guess it's not that big a deal to them, is it? Okay, moving on then. Yes. Alice Cooper. Yeah. What did you think of them? So, well, it's, it's just one person, isn't it? They're not a band. Alice Cooper, although, so Alice Cooper is like Let me Let me just, vocalist. let me um, just, so where, first of all, where do you think Alice Cooper's from? Oh, I have no idea. America. England. He's from England, isn't he? You're going to England. Okay. So, Alice Cooper... Started out as the Earwigs. Right, okay. So is this like a Gary Newman type thing? Well, you listen. Okay. Keep listening. Okay. So the Earwigs were Vincent Damon Fernier on vocals, Glenn Buxton on guitar, Dennis Dunaway on bass, Michael Bruce on the rhythm guitar, and Neil Smith on drums. Which one's Alice Cooper? And then they started off with the Earwigs in 1964. They then changed their name to the Spiders. You've not said Alice Cooper. Stop jumping ahead. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So the Earwigs were formed in 1964. Right. They then changed their name to the Spiders in 1965. Right. So the reason they use the Earwigs and the Spiders is obviously who was the biggest group at the time? The Beatles. era. The Beatles. So they went an for insect. an insect. So they went for an insect. Because well. that's why so the Beatles are big, because of their name. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they called themselves the Earwigs, and then they changed it to the Spiders. They then changed the band name to Alice Cooper. No, I thought Alice Cooper was a human. In 1967. So last week when I was going, well, we've obviously got a soloist. You're like, yeah, yeah. And then, do you know what I've also written down? watched videos and I was like so there's a bat like I've literally written shows a band do they not get credit too in one of the videos there is obviously band members and it zooms in on a band member's face I'm like well you're in the video why are you not getting credit why is this Alice Cooper so Alice Cooper is not a human so hang on and then in 1975 so hence I gave you schools out which was Alice Cooper's as a group biggest song yeah so in 1975 the band broke up and the vocalist fernier mr vincent damon fernier mm-hmm. adopted the band's name as both his legal name and stage name so he became oh. alice cooper right so when i do think of alice cooper and i picture this one man yeah. I, it is right in saying yes. that he is a solo. So he changed his name when the group broke up. He changed his name to the band's name. I did think it was weird. Okay, this is no, I don't mean to offend anyone because if you want to be called Alice and your man, go for it. But obviously, Alice is a girl's name as we'd know it. So I did think it was weird that a guy was called Alice. But that makes sense now. He's not his own Vincent. He looks more but like it's also an weird that you'd go from calling yourselves the Earwigs and Spiders to Alice Cooper as a band name. As a band name, yeah. 
So, but to be fair, I watched Poison. So the first video I watched of Alice Cooper's was Poison. Yeah, that's when I wrote a show's about. So they not get credit. So who is his band? Well, he didn't have a band. He probably just had touring musicians or, yeah. you know, just um, house bands and that. Um, they're uh, not. There's no band credited. The band disbanded, as I say, in 1975. Right, the actual okay. band of the people I've just read out. Okay. All right. So Schools Out is a band. Everything else that I've listened to is the man, Alice Cooper. Um, I'm not sure if... Uh, so we're looking from 1975. I can't remember what I gave you now. After school's out, it's No More Mr. Nice Guy. That was No More Mr. Guy's Nice Guy was 1973. So that was still the band. And then Poison. And so then you're, yeah, then you're with Alice Cooper, the, the stage name, the, the soloist. Right. So I've only actually had three from Alice Cooper, yes, the, the, the yeah. solo So guy. you had Poison, Bed of Nails and Hey Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Not bad. It, like, you know, this was more up my street. If you're going down rock, I can sing along to it. I understand what they're saying. Yeah. It's not in my ears or whatever. Heavy, instrumental. But considering in my head, what I... because. I've heard of Alice Cooper, and like I said, I knew he was a soloist, and I can picture this soloist guy. From what I had in my head, like, he's got, and obviously then I watched a video, and he has got, like, really heavy eye makeup and stuff. Yeah, he was he was into the, the makeup and the stage. He, was a, he had a stage persona about him, I suppose. But because of that, obviously I then prejudged him, was like, oh, he's going to be, like I did with Kiss, Oh my god, they're going to be really heavy metal, and I actually enjoyed them. Same with Alice Cooper. It was like, oh my god, he's going to be right in my face, isn't he? And obviously, I knew schools out, and I know that's not in your face, but I was like, well, that's just one. They're not all going to be like that, are they? But it actually weren't that bad. Mm. Like, I really enjoyed Poison, and like I say, I could actually sing along. Got to Bed of Nails, and there was like the backing track of it sounded very Halloweeny. Or like it could be out of some horror film. It just sounded a bit creepy. And I was like, right, okay, so this is like the rock weirdness coming through. But yeah, School's Out, I knew was an 80s. So that's the number one, isn't it? And the, another reason I knew that weren't 80s is if it didn't show the 1970, it would have showed 72, wouldn't it? If it didn't show that, there was him at the front dressed like a, rock star with his high volume shaggy hair like not groomed and whatnot you know just there all in leather and behind him there were like dancers or people on the drums or whatever they were in their sparkles and flared legs like straight out of the 70s I was like this is weird but makes sense because it's 70s but yeah no but not that bad yeah. yeah, I was considering he's not like mega, mega heavy in your face. I remember you saying that quite a few people were inspired by him. Yeah, definitely. Last week, as we said, and I think we've already mentioned him today. Uh, he, um, When Lemmy died, he, he paid a tribute to Len, Lemmy. So, yeah, but there was a lot inspired by him as well. Yeah, but considering he's not really heavy, no. that surprised me a bit. But then the ones that you've already mentioned was like last week and not all of them were mega heavy. Yeah. 
So I guess it just depends. But no, it weren't that bad. I liked being able to sing along a bit. Okay. So regarding Alice Cooper himself, mm -hmm. or Vincent, as he was originally called, <laughs> when Earwig started in 1964, he was only 15 stroke 16. Oh, so he started young. So, and again, his music style is listed as heavy metal, mm -hmm. hard rock, art rock, and glam metal. I think glam because of obviously stage, his persona. Yeah. Stage makeup. Yeah. So as far as um, the band, they disbanded after seven albums. That was the band, and then he went off on his own. Yeah. So they had a, a number one, as we said, with Schools Out. Yeah. And they had another three top ten hits. Oh, okay. With Elected, Hello Hurrahs, and No More Mr. Nice Guy. And then as far as Alice Cooper, the soloist, he had seven albums in the 80s, and he's had 21 albums in total. Is he still going? I don't think he's going now. He might be, but I'm not sure. Uh, so regarding the songs that you listen to, as we've said, Schools Out, as we said, was 1972, got to number one. And then I gave you also No More Mr. Nice Guy, which got to number 10. The other two, Elected and Hello Hooray, got to number four and number six. So they did have, you know, as far as the band, they had a number one, a number four, a number six, and a number 10. Well, that ain't bad, is it? As their first four hits. Yeah. So. They kind of went straight in there, didn't they? And then you go on to Alice Cooper, the, the soloist. So you had Poison, which was from... 1989 so we're literally now the end of the 80s because he had not, wow. not had, so, he had released stuff in the in the early 80s but they were nothing higher than like mid there was a 44 but other than that you're in the 60s wow so he, he hit the he hit it big with poison because that got to number two oh okay i would have probably well no it's like i would have probably given up it like we say all the time, it's not about getting your hips, is it? No. So then he released Bed of Nails in 1989, and that got to 38. He had another hit in between those, between that and the other one he listened to, which was House of Fire, that only got to number 65. So he literally had, obviously, Poison. On the back of the Poison success, obviously, Bed of Nails done okay, but then people said no, you know. And then he bought out in 1991, Hey Stupid, and that got to number 21. Oh, so I actually listened to two 80 songs from him. Yeah. But he didn't do that well, really. he actually had more success in the 90s than he did the 80s. Oh. He had another four top 40 hits. So including Hey Stupid as well, five top 40 hits in the 90s. He's not as big as I thought he was then. No, he was mainly known from, I'd say, the band Alice Cooper with Schools Out. And they're obviously early, and then their early hits. Poison obviously got him back in the mainstream. Poison happened, and but, not much um, after that. Sort of fizzled out after Poison as well. I did just look, just before we started talking about the rest of the charts, I looked his discography on Spotify, and he released an album this year. He's still going. Ah, okay. Yeah, still going. So obviously there are people that listen to him, yeah. I mean, he's getting Spotify listeners. You know, he's got 
over 4 million monthly listeners. I mean, that's not like the top of the top, but there's obviously there's people that are still going. And regarding where the group come from. Oh, yeah. In 1964, fairly mind, he was only 15, 16. Yeah. They were from Phoenix, Arizona in the USA. I should have stopped my first choice. So you uh, that makes there. sense, because when I was looking at his discography, it comes up with, like, events that they're doing as well. Uh-huh. It's a new thing Spotify does. And I clicked on it, because I was like, oh, my God, no way there is an, an event going on near me. I clicked on it, and the first thing I saw was Hartford, and I was like, I live near Hartford. And I was like, but... It, I can't remember what it said. Um, Hartford Healthcare Amphitheatre. I was like, yeah, we don't have one of them. So where's this? And then it was like near New York. I was like, why are these coming up to tell me things near New York? I don't live in New York. So I changed my location so that I can find things out that are actually near me. But I should have then clicked then. Oh, we must be American to be over there doing that. But yeah, it looks like he's going on some sort of tour. Yeah. Okay. Moving on then to Anthrax. Yes. So these, they completely ruined my shower the day that I put these on because I just decided I started work a bit late one day. So I was like pottering about, getting ready, got a shower and thought, oh, I play music while I'm in the shower. And thought, do you know what? I've done it before where I play the music that you give me. Let's do it today. And it started with anthrax and I was already in the shower and it just ruined my shower. It was not a nice shower. It was just music blaring, instruments in, like, filling up the whole room. Oh, my goodness. These, yeah, all I could think was the instruments and the screaming. These were very, very rock. And these were the ones... Oh, actually, you know, when you asked about picking favourite songs and I said, oh, there was only one that I really struggled with. There was actually two. These ones I struggled with. I only managed because the last song was a bit more upbeat, but there was just nothing from these that could pull me in. And usually I try and say something positive about every artist. I, I can't. It's just, they're just really in your face. And I think it's because they also ruined my shower. I was just like, I don't like you. But yeah, the only song I liked was the last one. That was only because it got just a bit more upbeat, but it was still had all these guitar solos. Which and I was like, got the time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. mm, do I like it? And then it gets to the chorus and it's all right. I can I can deal with it, you know, okay. but not the best. So you might be surprised then when we go through what, what they've done then. So oh, Anthrax are Scott Ian on guitars and vocals. Right. Charlie Benanti on drums. Frank Bello on bass. Joey Belladonna on vocals. He was on vocals from 1985. Neil Turbin was vocals up till 84 and Matt Fallon had a bit of vocals during 84 as well. So they had three vocalists. Oh, or four. Okay. Cause I think Ian Scott, cause he's listed vocals now, whether it was before or after, I don't know, but um, yeah, Joey Belladonna was the main one. He was, as I say, vocals from 85, but Neil Turbin was a star in eight. He was up to 84 and Matt Fallon obviously filled in between Turbin and Belladonna. Right, okay. Okay. They had four albums in the 80s, 11 in total, with one top 20 hit. In the one top 20 in the 80s or one top 20 overall? One top 20 in the 80s. Okay. I wonder what that one is. In 2004, they won Spirit of Rock Award 
from Kerrang, which is like a rock magazine. Uh, yeah. And then in 2005, they won Best Metal Band at the Golden Gods Awards. Oh, okay. They were formed in 1981 in New York City. Okay, so they're American. Yeah. These guys were the first group that you've given me throughout all of this, I swear. Oh, right. I've got explicit content in my library now. Oh, okay. I apologise. No, well, I mean, I'm 26, it's fine. Um, but I watched a live of I Am The Law and the first thing you said was the F word. I was like, oh, okay. Oh. You're angry. Was that why you was in the shower then, was it? No, it's when I watched the video. Oh, yeah, that sorry, was the, sorry, that was the video. You. When I was in the shower, the first one was oh. I Am The Law and it was just screaming. Yeah, that's what I was just yeah. thinking. If they would have but been, no, it, but yeah, it, that was just screaming then yeah. the video. It's not part of the song. It was, the it video, was talking yeah. to the crowd and I I'm was like, you. oh, uh, great. You're lovely. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll quickly, I mean, you only had, what, four, four, four. songs of theirs to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So it won't take me long to go through them. So 1987 is when, they, so they formed in 1981 and they didn't actually get anywhere until 1987, um, which I Am The Law was at number 32. Wow. 1987, I'm The Man got to number 20. So that was their one top 20. And then 1988, Make Me Laugh got to number 26. And 1991, Got The Time, number 16. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's very rare that my favourite is out of the 80s. I'm quite good at picking them. Maybe that's why it changed a bit. I don't know. That one was just a bit more upbeat and a bit more, uh, not sing-song, but the chorus is a bit better. But I was close to not picking. They didn't do too bad, I guess. But, I mean, there's only four. Swiftly moving on, I think. Yes, please. To probably the Iron Maiden as far as... Um, this week goes the i don't mean music wise but oh. as far as stature yeah i think metallica is what iron maiden was last week yeah in, in this group of groups group of bands yeah i can agree with that so yeah so what did you think of or make out of metallica they've got a few long songs they have like five six minute songs and i don't know if that's just because of spotify like i said before and you said their songs can't have been that long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Spotify giving me five minutes, six minutes songs. So that was annoying. Not a clue what they're saying half the time. And again, they've got a song a bit like, oh, it was Alice Cooper, wasn't it? They've got a song that sounds like it could be in a horror film. The small hours, the starting of it just sounds like it could be in a horror film. I'm like, oh, right, okay. That's the route you're going down. But I think these, as much as I say about Anthrax being very heavy, I think these were the heaviest I listened to. But it might have been because I had more of them as well that I noticed it more. Uh-huh. But, yeah, these would have ruined my shower as well. And the, and the annoying thing is, well, I think I like a song and then they ruin it with, like, a long instrumental. And I'm there like, why would you go and do that? Why would you have to all of a sudden be really loud and have all your guitar solos and drumming and all that? Because your song could have been all right before you did that. It's just in your face instrumentals, and I can't get down with that. It just ruins the song for me. So it's like I'm like, oh yeah, I'm liking you, and then bam, and it's like no. But yeah, they are basically everything that puts me off rock by doing that. 
and then they like to scream and then you watch the videos and they're angry looking they're head banging it's just like calm down calm down although so these ones were very hard to pick for these ones were harder to pick for than anthrax like anthrax i was like i'm not liking these got to the last one was like oh this is my favorite i like this one this this one's got me i could listen to this one again but these ones i was like i'm not gonna be able to get one because they're just awful and they keep ruining a song but they mellowed it down a bit for nothing else matters and i think that's why that became my favorite like weren't one i mean it's not the best it's not like i'm loving it like i prefer anthrax the favorite one that i picked for them over the favorite that i picked for these if i was to listen to them again but it's like they went in a different direction they calmed it down a bit and kind of sang it was weird and then they kind of did the same thing in the until it sleeps the last one um, but that was like more up and down that like it was like calm and then the chorus was very in your face and it went calm again. So yeah, Connor said that Enter Sandman is the one that they're most known for. But to be honest, I have, I have no idea. But his dad listens to this type of music, so he's heard it a bit. Their Enter Sandman video talking about that was a bit trippy. Oh, really? Yeah, like it was like flashing from like one bit to another, like flashing images. And then they had like the, like the camera would like be moving like round their face kind of thing kind of making their face be on the side and it was just a bit trippy it was like what am I watching it was very weird but yeah the mm, I guess a bit like Iron Maiden last week I just couldn't get down with these yeah okay so you said in amongst all that you said if I listen to them again so there is a likelihood you'll listen to them again no I said if I if I listen <laughs> if I listened if That's I know if I listened to my favorite songs again because I have a separate playlist that I like to oh, play every now and then yeah I would yeah that's the, that's it if nothing else matters would be played again but not these fine okay so Metallica where are you saying they're from I want to go England you know I feel like these are an English group okay Metallica are James Hetfield on vocals Lars Ulrich on drums. Dave Mustaine or Mustan on guitar. He was there from 82 to 83. Kirk Hammett on guitar. Ron McGovney on bass up to 82. And then Cliff Burton on bass, 82 to 86. Now I'll go back to Cliff Burton in a minute why he left in 86. And then John Newstead took over on bass in 86 until 2001. Now, Cliff Burton, who was their guitarist, yeah. he died at the age of 24 in 1986. And um, I'll just read what happened. So in Sweden, on the Damage Inc. tour, obviously with the band, in support of Master of Puppets, the band members complained that the sleeping cubicles on their tour bus were unsatisfactory and uncomfortable. Right. To decide who received pick of the bunks, Kirk Hammett and Cliff Burton drew playing cards. On the evening of September the 26th, 1986, Burton won the game with an ace of spades and thereby got the first choice of bunk. Burton turned to Hammett and said, I want your bunk. Hammett then responded, fine, take my bump, I'll sleep in the front. It's probably better up there anyway. Burton was sleeping shortly before 7am 
on September the 27, when according to the driver, the bus skidded off the road <gasps> just north of Lumby in Sweden and flipped onto the grass in Cronenberg County. Burton was thrown through the window of the bus, which fell on top of him and killed him. So you can imagine as a group, they had this, you know, they were still young, as I say, 24, and their bassist, who had literally picked that bunk, you know, and... Yeah, like that other guy would literally have been like, that could have been me. Yeah, well, yeah. Wow, and they're on tour. They're on tour, the bus went out of control, he was flung out the window, and then the bus fell on top of him. They've literally pretty much seen him die in front of him. In a sense, yeah. So then what happened? Like, did they then have so then they the obviously, tour? I don't know how, uh, yeah, I, I would guess. I mean, they so. wouldn't have I, gone through it, really. But, I mean, literally, they replaced him in the same year. I guess they took some time out, you'd, you'd think. Yeah. Um, replaced it, and, you know, John Newstead took over in still in 1986. So young as well. Yeah. And that's just a horrific accident, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Jeez. So. So, yes. I don't think I could carry on. No, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, whether they'd done it in his memory, you know, he would, wouldn't want us to, yeah, to not, like, you know, sort of thing. A bit, yeah. I suppose, a bit like, you know, when you think of Joy Division and then obviously they become New Order, but they carry it was the same. Yeah. Um, they just yeah. changed the name, obviously. But um, I suppose Metallica, they just got big. So they were, you know, even though they were still that, on that tour, they were support, a support act. But in their own right, I suppose they were still. Um, they were climbing up the ladder kind of thing. Yeah. So they were formed in 1981 in Los Angeles. For goodness sake, it's always the opposite of what I say. Always. Um, they had four albums in the 80s, 10 in total, and they had two top 20 hits. Right. So they... I'm like, these guys aren't doing that great. But like I keep saying, it's not about the charts. And rock isn't one that you would see in the charts anyway, is it? No. But I mean, obviously, people in the 80s bought them. Well, yeah. Well, I'll just read this bit out. Metallica are credited as one of the big four of thrash metal, along with Slayer, Anthrax and Megadeth. Okay, uh, so that explains why I don't like Anthrax and Metallica. They're of the same root of genre. Yeah, yeah, same milk. Yeah, they have sold more than 125 million records worldwide. Wow, with 58 million of those in the US alone. Yeah, US just like well, it's not that the US like rock; they're just bigger, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. Making them one of the most commercial, successful bands of all time. Of all time? Of all time. I mean, I have heard of them, so they are big, aren't they? Like, if I've heard of yeah. something I've never listened to. Yeah. MTV ranked them third greatest heavy metal band in history behind oh. Black Sabbath and Judas Priest. I didn't think much of Judas Priest, did I? No. Um, and VH1 listed them as the greatest heavy metal band. I mean, if that's what you're into, then you're going to like it. But for me, I'm like, no, you're not. But then I wouldn't think anyone's the greatest because I don't like heavy metal. Someone's got to be it, I guess. Yeah. So regarding awards, 
1997, mm. they won the American Music Awards for Favourite Heavy Metal Hard Rock Artists, which is the equivalent of our Brit Awards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we've said before. that. Yeah. Yeah. In 2003, Kerrang! Yeah. They won the Best International Band, and they also won that in 2019. Okay. In 2008, also Kerrang, they won the Inspirational Award. Did they inspire anyone? In, they must have. Uh, well, they must have to win the Inspirational Award, but I yeah. didn't see anything that people that were come out as such, I suppose. Yeah, like it's never come out. In 2011, they won the Metal Hammer Awards in Germany for Lars Ulrich, The Legend. Is that a song or is that this? So he won the Legend right, Award. Okay. <laughs> it's not a song, it's a, it's a human. So at the Metal Hammer Awards in Germany, Lars Ulrich won the Legend Award. Right, okay. So Lars Ulrich, just so you know, he's Danish. Even though they're an American band, he's, he's actually Danish. As you were reading out their names, I was thinking that's not a like British surname. Yeah. Um, and then in 2017, uh, they won Best International Band with N the NME Awards. Okay. And in 2018, at the Heavy Music Awards, they won the Best International Band. Wow. So, so they've they won quite a lot yeah. of awards as a band, international and inspirational. But it is all um, rock genre, yeah, so rock. it's not yeah. it's not mainstream. It's not, no. you know, they've got In their own... In 2018, they also won the Planet Rock Awards uh, for the best live band. Do you know what? It is weird, isn't it? Like, rock have all their own separate awards and stuff, but if you're any other genre, really... I, I think mainly it's, it's America. I think in America, rock is obviously a big thing. You've only got to look at when we leave, when we've read out, and it was the same last week. You know that the sales there is obviously a lot of different. Um, you know, I mean, magazines make a, are a big business. So in America, yeah. you can imagine how big a business magazines are over there. And if they all have their own awards as well, that's probably where it where it comes from. And yeah. so I think heavy metal or rock is big in america yeah and i think the magazines are the offshot of that to to cover it then if they have all their own awards and what have you then then that's that's where it comes from yeah that's what i would say from looking from outside in mm. it's weird how there's like few genres that are like singled out in a sense like countries never mainstream either like you've got your Amer mainstream in but in america yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. weird how it would never be over here no. and you wouldn't see them at the award ceremonies where everyone else goes to. They would have their own as well. Like, it's just rock's very isolated, I think. And I think you're of, like I said last week, I don't want to be stereotypical, but I think you're of a certain nature to like that. No, I agree. I mean, some country singers have made it over here, but not with country songs, if you get what I mean. Uh, we had that woman, um, I can't think what her name was now, you know, Oh, I can't, no, I can't remember what it was, but she was a, a country singer, but she had like a poppy song over here and she done, she done well. I thought you were talking about Taylor Swift then. No, it wasn't Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift came over with um, country music, but she's gone yeah. very mainstream now. And I prefer her when she was country than what she is yeah. now. But she's very mainstream and very It's one who sang feels like a woman. Now. I can't think of... Shania Twain? Yes, she, Shania Twain. I think she's country. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's only like really been like a one-hit wonder. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. She come over, yeah, it was totally not country. Yeah, yeah, it was Snard Train. That's who I was thinking of. Obviously, my singing was quite good. Look at me. See, I can't name things if I know things. Yeah. So yeah, well done on the singing, Dad. So going on to their, was it three or four songs you had? What? Of Metallica? Oh, so no, no, Metallica. You had quite a few, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, they're the most I had. Yes. So the first hit was, so we're late 80s again. So even though, again, they formed in 1981, they didn't make it over here, at least, until 1987 with their EP Garage Days. Yeah. Now, I gave you from that, Helpless, The Small Hours and The Weight. Yeah. So that got to number 27 as an EP. So they're not released as single songs. No, they an were... EP an EP is you've got two songs on one side and two songs on the other side, but it's not an A and a B. It's a whole, you, the whole thing gets to number one. But when you're saying that that got to 27, where's the fourth song? Why didn't the fourth song get to 27 as well? I didn't give you the fourth. I only gave you, usually the fourth song's probably not even worth listening to. It is like the B side. They have four songs on an EP, but there's still only going to be one that's the main song, if that if you get what I mean. But because What's I'm not a fan list? of theirs, I wouldn't yeah. have a clue but which songs. Wouldn't that technically so be 27? Because yeah. I was thinking this when you were saying it about Motorhead as well. Wouldn't it technically be in the album charts, not the singles charts? No, because it's an EP, not an LP. It's an extent. It's what's known as an extended play, yeah. whereas an LP is a long play. And that's an album. So an LP is a full album with like 12 yeah. songs, 10, 12 songs on but it. How... An EP is just four songs. So, and then all four of those songs hit at the same place in the charts because of the... But they, I mean, they released it as Garage Days anyway. So Garage Days is what's classed as the number one, even though there wasn't a song called Garage Days. Right, okay, I'm with you. Yeah. So it's Garage Days that is 27, but yeah. it's the songs. It's, it's Garage Days EP. And then I right. gave you the songs off fix. If you remember, I gave you Garage Days and you come back to me and, and I said, was like, I can't yeah, find yeah. it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, a bit like, as you said, the um, Valentine Massacre and whatever yeah. the other one was as well. There Golden was a, so, Years. Yes, yeah. So yeah, so Garage Days, the EP right, okay. got to number 27. Right, I'm with you now, it makes sense. Yeah. And that was yeah. in 1987. Then you had Harvest of Sorrow, 1988. That got to number 20. Then you had One in 1989. That got to number 13. Then you had, in 1991, Enter Sandman got to number five. So that is their biggest hit or what they're known for. I could have also given you Unforgiven in 1991. That got to number 15. Okay. I gave you Nothing Else yeah. Matters, which is one you liked. That was from 1992. So that's now two songs this week you've had from outside the 80s as your favourites. And it's both the ones that were really hard to pick for as well. Weird that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that got to number six. Oh, okay. And then Until It Sleeps was 1996. And that got to number five. Oh, so in the 90s. So I gave guys- you them just to show... One, it shows you obviously like their 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 later stuff, as yeah. in even ninety stuff. But it was just to show you that they were still going and getting, getting hits in the nineties and top hits. 
hips. Like they did better in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, they, they had bigger hips in the 90s than they did the yeah. 80s. But I've never thought the 90s to be going into a bit of rock. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, in the 90s, they'd done really well, to be honest. Um, I'm just looking now. So you had a number five, a number 15, a number six, a number 25, a number 20, a number five, a number 17, a number 19, a number 13, a number 15. And then, then they go 31 and 29. So they had some, some re- a really good spell in the 90s. Maybe that's why I know them to be so big then. Oh, yeah. But not that I've listened to them before this week. No. Okay. Going on to the last group then, Motley Crue. What did you think of them? So there was only two, so obviously there's not much go by anyway. Yeah. But it's catchy, not in your face. I can have a little sing song. There's a bit of a power ballad feeling to it, but it's not a power ballad. Uh-huh. I think because it's more of a sing song type song and it's not as in your face and it's a bit more kind of lovey. I don't know. A bit more up my street. It was a good ending to a rubbish week. Let's put it that way. And what ah, oh, what's up? You're all I need when I watch, because obviously I watched the video for both of these because there's only two. When I watched the video for you all I need, it starts off saying the beginning of this is art, uh, like is a true story. And there's like clips from the news, and I was like, what on earth is this about? And then like the rest of the video is just kind of uh, like, it's just very great. Like, Basically what happens, I don't know if you've watched it, probably not, but basically what happens is it's like domestic violence and their videos are quite graphic. So girls, 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 they're in like a, I wouldn't say a strip club, but there's women dancing on poles, but they're not, they're just in their underwear. So I don't know. And then you're all I need is it starts off with the news and someone being carried away in a body bag. And then it, goes to obviously like actors and it's about domestic violence and I was like well you guys are very graphic but yeah it had something saying about a true story or the, the clips you see are true they're real life and it's from the news and I was just like oh okay so yeah that put a whole different as much as I really liked songs I was like so it, like watching the videos was like so this is what it's about you know like sometimes you listen to it and you don't think too much into the lyrics or what the lyrics are about what they're trying to say but when I watched the videos, because these were actual videos, not them performing, I was like, okay, that's what you're about. So, yeah, very graphic. Okay. So um, where do you think they're from? <laughs> I don't know, Dad. England. No, I don't know. They've got another blooming accent. That, like, But Motorhead had an accent. They were British. Let's go America. Oh, we changed their mind again. And let all oh, let's know. Do you know what's made me change my mind as well? Because the news clip did not look like it was from the ah, British news. Inspector Rebecca. British news would not show someone in a dead body okay. bag. So Motley Crew are Neil Six on bass, keyboard, and synths. Mick Mars on guitar. Vince Neil vocalist and guitar, and Tommy Lee on drums got a synth in there yeah and the keyboard oh, maybe that's why they're a bit different then they were formed in 1981 okay in yeah los angeles California. there we go See, i was gonna say england but then i remembered what the news that like well done british british are too snowflakey to shoot dead pocket bags so they had five albums in the 80s and they've had nine in total 
Oh, okay, so not many, but then they've only got two here, so. Yeah, but they're more based, that's over here. And that's but what you I was find say, with yeah. these groups. They may have a lot of albums, but their main hits, and there is, I, I, you'll see that they they have made, had a hit that wasn't even released over here. Oh. We'll talk about. So in December 1987, six, nil, as in nil six, double X, suffered a heroin overdose. Right. And he was legally declared dead on the way to hospital. However, the paramedic, who just happened to be a Motley Crue fan. No. Yeah. Revived him with two shots of adrenaline. His two minutes in death were the inspiration of Kickstart My Heart. Why not? Which peaked at number 16 in the mainstream US chart. In 1989, not released in the UK. Well, I guess if you're not doing so that, they had a big great. hit, number 16, which obviously in the US that's a lot of sales, um, and it wasn't it wasn't even released over here because I suppose they the the record company at the time just thought it's it's not. Yeah. Bear in mind we're now talking late 80s when music was again changing, so. Even though we've just actually just said Metallica had their biggest hits in the actual in the 90s. But yeah, they decided for whatever reason not to release it over here. February 1995, Tommy Lee married actress and Playboy playmate Pamela Anderson from Baywatch. Oh, yeah. Um, just four days after meeting her. Oh, OK. And in 1995... Well, still 1995, Leon Anderson had, and this was big news at the time, had a private sex tape stolen, which was released on the internet. Well, that's what you get for making a sex tape. Anderson sued the video distribution company, Internet Entertainment Group, and a confidential settlement was agreed. Thereafter, which is a bit weird now, the company made the tape only available to their subscribers. So they were still... Even they were still they settled, making money off it. They were still allowed to, to use, use it. it, which I thought was a bit weird. You'd think it was, I'm taking you to court, you're not, you know, you've stolen our sex tape and that's it. And But they've done their settlement out of court and part of that settlement is you can still use it as long as it's behind a paywall, so to speak. And this, it resulted in their subscriptions tripling. Yeah, I bet the, the deal was, you can still have it, but we get a percentage. Got to be. You're not going to just be like, yeah, but, do you know what, yeah. use it. But they obviously weren't that worried about it in the first place, no. and were they, if they still wanted it to be out there in, yeah, in exactly. the public domain, so to speak. So, yeah. In 1996, Tommy Lee faced a lawsuit for attacking a Jewish photographer after he exposed a Nazi tattoo on Lee's arm. The tattoo had since been removed with his lawyer saying it was a stupid tattoo from years ago. Oh, he obviously didn't want that revealed, did he? But as I say, it's since been removed because he went to court. In 1998, no, sorry, in 1997, Lee and Six were arrested in North Carolina after instigating a riot where six allegedly made racist comments to a black security guard. 
These guys are brutal. So bear in mind what's going on at the moment. Even we're talking, we're talking in 1996. Yeah. You know, they, they literally caused a riot from, sorry, 1997 that was, yeah, arrested for for um, racist comments. Well, good. And then in 1998, Tommy Lee was jailed for six months for kicking Pamela Anderson, his wife, while she was holding their son, Dylan. Lee assaulted his wife, leaving her with bruises and a torn fingernail. And in fear for her safety and their two sons, Dylan and Brandon. So he was jailed. So she obviously reported it. And he was jailed. Good. These lot sound like a right. I kind of take it back that I quite like their songs now. Like they're a right mental lot, aren't they? The couple divorced. Um, however, they were reunited upon his release from jail, but they did eventually split up for good in 2001. Oh, so they were together for a fair amount of time then. Yeah. Better mind, they only met for four days before yeah, they were married. Yeah, I mean, that did, they did quite well. Yeah, they had, they had two, two children and... Yeah. Um, it was obviously quite, a, well, I suppose it was okay to her, but at the end, it was obviously a rocky marriage. Yeah. And he was jailed and, yeah, for assaulting her. And obviously she feared for her safety with the kids. And then when he came out of jail, I suppose he said, I'm a reformed man. They tried again, and but no, it wasn't to be. So, yeah, Motley Crue have uh, a bit of history behind them as far as violence. And They're just a bit, just a bit It just, just seemed that... Um, Bad trouble followed them, I suppose, is what you could... Yeah, like, there's all, like, you know, like, he made a bad decision and got a Nazi tattoo. It's allegedly that he made a racist comment, but either way, nothing like that should ever be made. And then you've got him beating up his wife. And, like, what? And then all the early days, obviously... I mean, yeah, back then, a lot of pop stars, rock stars had dabbled in drugs, I should think, but he was obviously... Neil, Neil Sticks was obviously lucky in... The paramedic was a Motley Crue fan. Yeah, the drugs as well. Because I was going to ask, I wonder whether that carried on after that, that they were still doubling, doubling, doubling in drugs. Bit of a mad lot. Yeah, as you say then, only had two songs. So you had Girls, Girls, Girls. That was from 1987. And that got to number 26. Okay, not bad again. And you had Your All I Need. That was from 1988, and that was also number 23. OK. Do you know what? You talking about their history really explain, explains why their videos are, like, so graphic. Like, they just don't yeah, care, um, do they? I, I, when you was talking, I was looking at the years to see if it was anything to do with that when you said about domestic violence. Was it your, was it Girls, 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 or You're All I Need? You're All I Need. Yeah, so that was in 1988, which was 10 years before. After. Um, oh, no, before, yeah. 19, when, he got, when he got arrested or jailed. Okay. So that was this week. That is Heavy Metal over. You've made it. Yay! I did it. Oh, so glad. So I suppose now it's um, hit or miss time. Influenced or influenced not. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think I might have one. Okay. So Motorhead, Miss, Miss, yeah, no. Saxon, to be fair, I couldn't think about where to put them because they had five songs. I, I did quite like two, three out of them. So I was like, oh, these could be a, a hit. 
if I'm averaging out the likes and dislikes. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, but I probably wouldn't actually listen to him again. So I put Minimus. Um, Alice Cooper, I put in the hit. Quite enjoyed that. And Poison, you know, that's one that I'll definitely go back to. Anthrax, not for me. No, never again, never a miss. Same with Metallica, not for me, in a miss. And Motley Crue, I put as a hit, although now finding out they're a mad, like it's kind of a... Well, you know, you've got basic on the music. You've not, not yeah. the, um, no, the people. Uh, yeah, no, they are a hit based on their music. So you've got two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But obviously with Motley Crue, there's only two songs. So it's, yeah, again, yeah. sometimes I'm like, yeah. you know... If I listen to more, like who was it? Was it Kiss? That was like if I listen, yeah, it was Kiss. Like I was like, if I listen yeah. to more though, would it put me off them? So the one their hits are a hit with me. They, you yeah. know, I would go back there. But whether I would dabble in a bit more, I might see what they're about. But it might put me off them. So yeah. Okay. Ready for the reveal for next week then? Yeah, I know one of them. You do. So we're still in the nineteen eighty. Right, yeah. Year, year, they were still in the year 1980. So as you know already, Queen, you will be listening to during the week. Yep. You will also be listening to Hall and Oates. Okay, not heard of them. You will also be listening to XTC. Okay, that's one of the ones that you put on the list for me to pick from. Yeah. Uh, you will also be listening to Toto. That's the other one from the list. And the last one that you'll be listening to, because you've got five groups, is Styx, spelled S-T-Y-X. Oh, okay. Right. So I've only heard of Queen. Okay. And then, obviously, I only know Toto and XTC because of the list, but they could completely be opposite of Queen. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. Well, Ali, I've got Queen. I've made it to Queen. That's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> Yeah. And in all honesty, we've made it to Queen with still no weeks of a complete wipeout of misses. No. Even though we've had two probably of your worst weeks you're ever going to have. Yeah, this was my worst week. But I think it helps that I recognise some of it. So recognising Alice Cooper and you've got a banger like Schools Out um, and Poison, you know, and Alice Cooper, like, I don't know, like, I have like prejudges in my head, which I shouldn't do, but yeah. And then last week was more of a surprise with Black Sabbath from Kiss. That was more of a surprise. I weren't expecting to like them, but they took me by surprise and yeah. Okay. So, but with, I guess with the hits with rock, it is more, I like the hits that you've given me. Would I go and indulge in more in case it ruins it? Probably not, but they're a hit with the hits, if that makes sense. So... Yes, yes. Definitely. Whereas, like in previous weeks, the hits that I've had and said to you are a hit is because I would go and listen to other things. So I've yeah. kind of done my hits and misses a bit different because if it was, would I listen to that other stuff as well? They probably all be misses. But going off, I would listen to what you've given me again. That's where I've got it from. I'm helping you out a little bit, I guess. That's fine. I mean, as long as I'm influencing you, educating you and influencing you on 80s music, then um, so I'm yeah. educating you in um, definitely opening your eyes and explaining, you know, and I'm exploring different yeah, exploring. genres and, and then um, people. influencing you into um, 
re-listening to them again, I suppose, or adding them to yeah. your playlist, whatever it is you do. So, yeah. I have to show you, but I have to teach you Spotify one day. <laughs> On that then, I will say goodbye. Yeah. And um, we will catch up next week where I think you'll have a better week this week in the shower. Yeah, I hope so. Do you know what? I'm also intrigued by what the... I mean, I know I've got this week what to listen to yet. But no, I mean, like, where we're going after because I've had ah. four weeks of rock. Yeah. Where's it going to next? Yes. Like, it's gone disco, rock, like... Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, I know I've got this week had, Yeah, I think in a not so much what next week's, but after that, we're going what I would call full 80s. Uh, we start to get into 80s. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. I That's would say so. Yes, yeah. Into yeah. what so I would got, you got this week, which is obviously a, you know, rock, soft okay, rock. Okay, all right. Yeah, we're getting you've too got excited. Another, you got a week of we'll go into that yeah. when you come to it, and then. I would say you you hit that road, boom. But yeah. And then it's like okay. 80s. All right then. On right, that, I will okay. say goodbye. Okay. Take care yeah, and we'll speak next week. Yeah. All right then, Dad. All right. Bye. Bye.